1: as well as other injustices against marginalized
0: communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story.
1: And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory.
0: You're here, now let's get queer.
1: I'm not tired. Are, We're are you tired? I'm actually...
0: <laughs> well, no. Because... I had the greatest night's sleep.
1: Oh well, good, good. I'm so happy for you, Paul. The, the, Did you? Are you deliberately well, rubbing it was, in, in my face?
0: No, it was the greatest nights of sleep because of my new medicine. Oh, okay. and it just puts me right to sleep, shuts all my brain down, which is probably definitely what I needed.
1: Yeah, that's nice. That's. It's very hard for me to shut my brain down. The only time I can ever shut my brain down is if I take. Cough medicine, Mm -hmm. which I try not to take because it makes me super groggy, super groggy. Yeah. And
0: then you also don't want to rely on something. Exactly. And I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't take any cough medicine that has alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. I learned my lesson from that a long time ago. But I do take cough syrup once in a while to help me sleep. I shouldn't say cough syrup because it makes it sound like more than it is. Just some Tylenol pee. You're on in the kitchen. Is that what
0: purpose is? Like a combination of like cough medicine? Is that and what it is? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not hip. I wasn't, I wasn't that cool kid. I just drank really cheap vodka until I passed out. Yeah. Like I wasn't... Mixing shit We're
1: very much removed from the scene too I don't know
0: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) I'm like you were drinking perp And somebody's gonna write No perp is actually When you mix this and this Um, I did
1: mix cough syrup with my alcohol But I don't know what it's called So (laughs) Is it called lean? I don't know Lean I think lean's it (laughs) wow now all of our viewers all our young generation like delete delete literally they're like unsubscribe. these these old
0: folks don't know what they're talking about (laughs)
1: it's like when i was looking for drip clothing brand and i realized that drip is just a slang word that people say yeah so, I
0: would have been looking for drip clothing, too. Like, <laughs> drip.com. Dripclothing.com. Literally, what
1: I'm put, putting in drip.com. Drip. Where is this clothing <laughs> brand that you want? Um. Yeah. I've officially hit my dad's status, so,
0: you know. You know, I just... I've always been so much of a loner, like, outside yeah. of, like, our friendship and, like, a few tiny other friendships I have that I never got involved in any scene where... I would know what was hip or cool or like (laughs) what some kind of alcoholic concoction was. I was like, I just drink Mr. Boston vodka out of this plastic $9 bottle.
1: What's the cheaper vodka you have? Cheapest vodka. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you.
0: I don't (laughs) want to add anything expensive to it.
1: I'll take a full tumbler with just a splash of orange juice. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) And now here you are complaining about how the seltzer water is too bubbly for your stomach.
0: I know, right? Come a long way. Yeah.
2: Now I just prefer to
0: smoke, and then that's easy for me. There you go. Yeah, which is funny because <clears throat> I have switched where when I drink now, I'll have, like, a, like I'll have one drink... And then I like make because David likes to have a drink or two at night, so I'll make us a, a drink, and then I'll go to make us a second drink, and I'll like take a couple sips of my second one. I'm like, you want to finish this one? I'm good. <laughs> and I, it's just I don't know when that switch flipped because before I would have been like, oh no, I'll take eight more. Yeah. Just please make them all vodka next time. <laughs> don't know what happened. Maybe that's just part of knowing that if I continue to drink this much, <laughs> one, the, I'm going to probably not be in a very good mood. Mm-hmm. And two, we're we'll probably going to fighting. And then three, I'm going to feel like shit the next day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And definitely hitting that point in your life where you do feel like shit the next
0: day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's never fun. Mm-hmm. So now I just take my antipsychotic medicine and then everything's good. And you're great. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sleeping great. I'm and sleeping great. great. <laughs> um, there's less pause in my head trying to solve <laughs> problems. And yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Good. Well, not all the way, but feeling less desperate. Yeah, that's less good. desperate. Yeah. Good. Takes the edge off. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: Yeah. Anyways, to bring it back up. Let's let's bring it back up. We have a fun episode today.
0: We're like, yeah. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, we haven't even talked about what you did this week. What did you do this week?
1: This week, um, I celebrated... And when this drops, I am... Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if not, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. So. I know,
1: but uh, I celebrate five years of sobriety. That's a big number. That's a big number. I can't believe it's been five years.
0: Are you getting a special little token or anything? I Yes, I am mean, getting a special little
1: token. That's so, awesome. just get that, put that on my key ring because I have a little case for it. But yeah, so I mean, that's my biggest thing. Otherwise, we put our Christmas tree up. And, um, you know, preparing for Thanksgiving, which is just going to be our family is going to be mm-hmm. small and just, you know, um, little things, the kids, you know, they're shutting down all the schools and stuff here again, which I mean, it's fine. Cause like my wife's a teacher, you know, Samantha, so we, you know, she can stay home with the kids and that's preferred. So, Yeah, I mean, nothing much, really just getting ready for the holidays and watching as many Christmas movies as
0: possible. Christmas movies are fun. Yeah, Yeah. we um, went out to dinner for David's birthday, his Mm -hmm. 30th birthday, his Dirty 30. Yeah. Kind of sucks because, you know, it's your 30th birthday and I I hadn't, I can't say I had a big plan for him, but I had wanted to do something nice for his 30th and it's like, thanks, COVID, like, you know, he's... (laughs) was he's kind of bummed out because he's like you know it's like a milestone in my life he didn't expect much but i think he wanted to be able to do yeah you know have maybe a party or a lot of times in the drag scene they'll do like a mock funeral for their 30th at like a gay club and you know just something where he could feel a little special for the night and kind of took that away from him so I told him either we could do a redo next year or on my 30th we could do like a double dirty 30 and go on a vacation or something yeah but um yeah other than that we put up our tree and I bought Final Fantasy 10 for the Nintendo Switch don't get that for your kids it's too complicated (laughs) okay um but it's a fun game um
2: yeah that's
0: really it we've been very good because uh we want to have his like dad and his stepmom and brothers over for thanksgiving so we've been really trying to be extra careful and not leaving the house and stuff like that yeah
1: yeah i know we're not going to get to have our friends giving this year i know that's a big tradition i cut it out
0: of the last episode we talked about it but i was like one i don't want people to think we're being um um not disrespectful we're not being cautious during you know because we are both taking precautions um but also because we can't do it this year because yeah, of everything else, and
1: so. yeah 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 every year we've always gotten together we have so many things to celebrate but you know what it's okay um maybe we could do something virtually
0: yeah uh, even if we just got together and put on some movie and we didn't really watch the movie but we just all talked and had something on in the background yeah. i don't know
1: yeah we'll figure something out but you know what it is what it is i i shared a post that someone um tweeted out that was like in quotations, I can't go home for Thanksgiving and then, wow, y'all love appropriating queer culture.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I put that on our Instagram story today because it was so funny.
2: (laughs) It's so true, though. You know,
1: it's like so many people haven't been able to go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas for years, decades, you know. Mm -hmm. It sucks that you can't celebrate with your chosen family this year, but The idea of not being able to go home for the holidays is a long-standing tradition in the queer community. Absolutely. So
0: we hope that, uh, you know, if you don't have any family you can celebrate with, you kind of feel a little bit of family with us. Yeah. Because that's what we always try to do and make everybody who listens feel comfortable.
1: Yeah. And we have a little bit of a lighthearted episode today. Finally. You know, I mean, we can make it lighthearted. I mean, it, that's with everything that is queer, there's a little bit of sadness, but there's also fun. That's why, so. you
0: know what, though? That's why we uh, turned into the mostly funny people that we are, because there's just so much bullshit that you have to go mm-hmm. through being an, a queer person that... If you're not funny, you're just going to be miserable. Trauma makes people funny.
1: If you didn't have trauma in your life, you're not funny. That's just truth.
0: Actually, that's very true. Yeah. That's really true. So. so You never had to learn how to cope. (laughs) Exactly. That's why the queers
1: are the funniest.
0: (laughs) And that's why so many uh, stand-up comics are so into drugs and alcohol and stuff because they need to take the edge off of all the trauma
1: it's so sad but it's true they're like getting up there cracking jokes and then they're going in the back and there's like here's some
0: funny stuff about all the bullshit trauma i went through i'm gonna go backstage and cry and drink now exactly
1: it's fine though i'm fine are you fine i'm fine you all left so everything must be fine right oh god all right so, um, do you want to remind people to oh, oh yeah
0: yeah yeah. so we actually have a voicemail from an incredible listener that mm-hmm. we get to play today um it'll air right after the commercial break if you want to have a voicemail sent in or if you want to add a little bit of education maybe mm-hmm. you want to correct something yeah. we said on a previous episode send it in you can go to anchor.fm slash your queer story slash message um or you can get it on the anchor app um Even if you just go to anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory, it'll be right there. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do it right from your phone. You don't have to have a microphone or any kind of crazy setup. You can literally just pick up your phone like you're doing a phone call and send in a voicemail. And uh, yeah
1: and we would love and i love the idea of you know people able to give us corrections especially corrections on pronunciation oh yes (laughs) that's a good one two and a half years into it's interesting full circle moment for me um i was doing what i did this week is i did a presentation on lgbtq history at a um at a hospital um and or for a hospital, not mm-hmm. at um, and not at a hospital, but I did it for a hospital. I was like Jesus, like, just <laughs> full in like <laughs> just... mask and everything. No, no, I did it for <laughs> for a hospital, and um, and I was talking about good old Thomas Aquinas, who was our first mispronunciation <laughs> and our first correction. We were like Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, talking about good old Tom. Um, anyways, but yes, sorry, going back mm-hmm. to the voicemail.
0: Well, it was uh. But yeah, just send one in. We would love to hear from everybody all over the world. We know we have listeners all over the world. I see the numbers. I see the statistics. I know you're listening everywhere. So we would love... Please try to do it in English. Not that we're disrespectful, but I just... If I don't know what you're saying, I'm kind of nervous to put it in the podcast for everybody's mental if health. If you do it in Spanish. And well, we yeah, if you do it in Spanish. It, or we have someone who can verify what the birth is saying. That's the thing. If you speak another language and you want to send in another language we just have to have somebody to verify it the last thing i want is some homophobic person in another language saying horrible things and then that being on the podcast yes
1: and us thinking that they're praising us (laughs) right
0: because i would definitely if there was i if i didn't think this through i would have been like this nice person from this country sent in this wonderful message listen to it exactly yeah yeah. just being cautious and keeping everybody's and protecting uh, listeners yes exactly yeah
1: Yes, please send us in a a voicemail um, again. um, Also, we have our Music Mondays, trying to get a hold of Queer Artists, correct? Yes, so
0: this week I'm probably going to do somebody who won't have a voicemail because Mm -hmm. they're a little bit bigger of a listener. I mean, bigger of an artist. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Queer Artists, if you have your music on Spotify, reach out to us. I would love to have a little voice clip from you, share a little bit about your story and... You know, it's just something small. It's like a 10 minute or less episode that airs on Mondays. Um, It's on Spotify only because they limit, because it does play the full song um, through Spotify's label, like rights of usage. I don't know how they worked it out, but uh, it can only be played on Spotify. But it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. But anyways... This week we are talking about a very serious topic, though in a quite lighthearted way. Queer coding, which is defined as such the subtextual portrayal of a queer character in the media whose identity is not explicitly confirmed within canon. This concept refers to a character that encapsulates what might be considered queer traits that are recognizable to the audience, but never labeled or claimed by the content creator. It is Mm -hmm. important to highlight that these queer traits are based on... These queer traits are based upon stereotypes and often have been built on and perpetuated lies about the LGBTQ community. While at the same time sprinkling in truths and themes that are common in queer spaces, such as our love of all things glitter. The subject of queer coding draws mixed emotions for LGBTQ people, not because we disagree that queer coding is harmful and should end, but because so many of us saw our first form of representation in a queer coded characters and fell in love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was just gonna say, for people who might have like a hard time picturing that, I was just gonna say Mm -hmm. like um, she go from Kim Possible. Yeah. uh, Poison Ivy. I don't know if she's Marvel or DC. She's like DC.
1: She's because she's Batman.
0: Okay. Um, him from Powerpuff Girls. Mm -hmm. All these characters who have very strong, queer.
1: Every Disney villain, which yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah, yes. but they have
0: very. You're like, hmm, that person's <laughs> definitely not straight, but they've never said anything, so I'm not gonna question it. Let's there's see. no, there's no yeah. level of this that side of them ever expressed other than either in their appearance or their actions. Like you can't really, they never say it.
1: Well, he's a he's a bachelor with a very refined sense of taste, and he occasionally breaks out in musical numbers, but. I don't know what that's based on. I no, me
0: neither. I, just, <laughs> him, he has this like little skirt on and he's extremely flamboyant and mm-hmm. extremely queer and bright red and has this very feminine voice. <laughs> yeah. Where would that come from that? We just made that up. That was just for the Powerpuff <laughs> that Girls. like that. <laughs> Nobody's ever been like that.
1: Yeah, and so it, like, it's like it does very much play into stereotypes and we don't want to like support those stereotypes, but that's but that's also I mean again, just that's the only representation that was out there Mm -hmm. and that that's what it was yeah it's always a villain and we're going to talk about that that what it does (laughs) but like it's all that so again we know these are stereotypes but they're they're stereotyped on purpose to code in like hey you know what this guy's about you know who this girl is you know this person And we can't say it, but we're all thinking We all know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. And here we are, fucking 2020, 2020, 2020. 2020. <laughs> i mean, another 20. <laughs> it feels like it's been 20 years. <laughs> Anyways, here we are in 2020, and we're still coding in these, these people. Like, mm-hmm. we all know what's going on. Yep. You can't just say it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And over the last century of film, there have been literally hundreds of queer coded characters. And the reason behind the coatings are almost as devastating as the effects the coding has had on viewers for generations. In one of our very first episodes, episode 8, we covered Hollywood's production code and how it affected the LGBTQ plus community. Often referred to as the Hays Code, after founder William Hayes. the new industry guidelines stifled out the budding creativity blooming in the dawning era of talkies or sound pictures. The list of rules was a nuisance to straight white performers with regulations against swearing, depictions of drugs, sex, and nudity, and an assortment of other peculiar guidelines, such as uh forbidding a married couple to be in bed together or showing how to crack a safe or use dynamite
1: you weren't allowed you couldn't like give examples of how to break the law and like this sh- is really show
0: real interesting it sounds re- <laughs> this is very i love lucy-esque yes yes in addition hayes rule demanded respect and reverence for christian clergy law enforcement and so-called american values reinforcing the growing nationalist sentiments that were sweeping in the country that sounds extremely boring and <laughs> extremely plain and not very fun at all
1: no no it's not it's only when we covered um okay. hollywood's like production code we really covered a lot of the queer people who were in hollywood like Cary grant was mm-hmm. a big one rock hudson um we you know we touched on the production code but the production code had a, just such a lasting effect on hollywood and on the country and it's it's why we still have these queer coded. But it was those things. So when you're looking when you're watching I Love Lucy, who is literally married to the man that's playing her husband and they're in separate beds and you're like, why is this married couple in separate beds? It's because of the Hays Code. The Hayes Code said you couldn't depict these these acts of lust. Mm. If you wanna know why kissing scenes in these era is so weird, if you've ever seen a kissing scene from this time period, they're like literally Pecking each other's mouths to death Mm -hmm. You know like you just like just open your mouth and, and put your tongues together. Right. But they won't do
0: it. No they're like. <laughs> and then that's it. Like it's just a quick. Exactly. Or, or
1: they, they like they literally will just like do this really hard pecking over and over. I'm looking at my poster of It's a Wonderful Life and because there's the worst kissing scene in the world it's my favorite movie. But the worst kissing scene in the world is in that movie.
0: Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. And so anyways but the point where you couldn't it couldn't be lustful. It couldn't be sensual. You could you could show the passion but you couldn't show the sensuality of the
0: it. The desire. Exactly.
1: And so it's a big um, and it's so it's a big nuisance for straight it's a big nuisance for straight um actors and actresses but it's you know the code was downright suffocating for those who had a career as a queer actor and any performer who was a person of color Hayes code strictly forbid any non-white actor from kissing or showing a love interest in a white counterpart even if the white actor was in makeup such as black brown or yellow face and playing a person of color so there was a um you know, there was a couple of, of famous um, actresses who were uh, Asian or black or they were mixed race. And even if they were playing opposite a man who was in blackface, if that man was white, you he they couldn't kiss. Now, the two two black people could kiss and two white people could kiss, but you couldn't kiss a member of the opposite sex or, or really even show any lo- love interest to a member of the opposite Opposite sex, and what this did was these leading stars, as they started to rise, were suddenly extinguished because they couldn't take these leading they roles. They not go any further, right? Yeah, like we can't have you as the main love interest for our, our movie because we want to cast this white guy, and he can't kiss you, and that's just going to ruin the whole movie for everyone, right? Um, not,
0: not we shouldn't change anything, though. No, we're no, we not, not doing any- anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're the one who's wrong. Sorry, you, you were exist. born that way. <laughs> Strict guidelines against sexual perversion, a euphemism for homosexuality, were also put in place, and this included a ban on the celebration of effeminate men and masculine women. Additionally, by forbidding writers and directors from reproaching the laws of the land, social commentary on racism, anti Semitism, sexism, and homophobia were basically off the table. With few other storylines allowed, the rise of the hyper macho American man dominated the movie theaters of the era. So, again, you couldn't, like, make fun of of the very rules that were te- forbidding you from doing these things. right?
0: And part of that, like that does have an effect today because our parents and grandparents grew up with that being mainstream. That's mm-hmm. what they were fed. That's the information that was ingrained in them. That's what was proper. That's what was correct because that's what they're seeing on TV. That's what they're seeing on the news. That's what they're seeing in movies. They haven't seen anything else. So why would they ever know anything different? And I wouldn't say that I'm like a feminine man. I would, definitely wouldn't say I'm a masculine man by mm-hmm. any means, but I would probably identify more as a feminine man. So that lack of uh, character mm-hmm. in TV and film and things, I didn't see until I started watching Glee as mm-hmm. I think I was a teenager, maybe late teens. I really don't remember when I started, but that was like the first time I ever saw somebody. And I was like, hey, I could be kind of like that person you know like yeah that I never had anything to like compare myself to because I always felt out of place to these characters and even today when I'm playing video games a lot of times the male character is just this overly ridiculous muscular mm-hmm. masculine chiseled face guy with like this big beard so I just play a, a girl character instead because <laughs> I'm like I don't identify with that yeah macho huge man I if they had like a Quote unquote, regular guy who is just, you know, normal body type and no kind of crazy musculars, no overly masculine features. I'd play that, but that's not an option for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this plays into this idea of. You know this idea that men were always like that way, and men will be men, and they're tough as nails, and they barbed wire for breakfast, yeah. and that kind of bullshit. And we and people will point to movies and say, "Well, look at John Wayne and Gary Cooper and these actors and how tough they were," mm-hmm. and and look at the movies that we had, and completely ignorant or dismissing the fact that you literally could not show a man as effeminate right you could not uh, uh, not in a positive light Mm -hmm. and when you watch movies from the 20s and into the 30s i mean the code the code didn't really take hold of hollywood into the late 1930s so when you watch movies before that it was very common to see men express themselves in a multitude of ways Mm -hmm. and women express themselves in a multitude of ways But then, again, that just slowly gets choked, the life of it gets choked out and, you know, you're left with what you have.
0: Yep. But every great hero does need a villain. And in this way, writers and performers found an avenue to include queer characters. The code didn't prevent homosexuality from being suggested or the illusion of gender boundaries being crossed. It just prevented those things from being shown in a positive light. And with this small window of opportunity, queer coding was born. Time and time time again, a tough-as-nails, hyper-masculine protagonist was placed opposite a flamboyant, effeminate foe who usually had a knack for fashion. While on the other end of things, the psycho-lesbian trope really took off in the drama genre. Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca, released in 1940, was widely successful and is still considered a classic in the horror genre. The film is chock-full of what we often refer to as lesbian undertones coming from head housekeeper Mrs. Danvers,
1: there was a lot lesbian of lesbian undertones lesbian undertones. No, there was a lot of that. <laughs> In Why don't Hitchcock... we have a
0: lesbian undertone shirt?
1: I don't know. i We talked fun. about this. We like... literally talked about that. We sh- lesbian undertones. anyways, no but like this Hitchcock did this a lot a lot of people did this just like this creepy woman who's obsessed with her mistress or her friend or she's obsessed with another woman and they never come out and say that she's a lesbian but she's obsessed and then she ends up doing something crazy or you know she's so desperate that she just throws herself off of a building mm-hmm. or something and it's always that so so again the the men were the villains and the women well they were all villains but the women were just like you're a psychopath clearly you're crazy and then, and something Sometimes the remedy was literally she meets a good man and she settles down and he cures her of her craziness, a.k.a. her homosexuality. Cures her of her <laughs> lesbianism, yeah. Exactly.
0: That, you, just, that's what, you just haven't found the right man yet. Exactly. If you look at this movie, she found this man and then all of a sudden she was magically better. I now don't know happened. Now she's, <laughs> now she's not crazy. Now she's not creepy. real life.
1: Now she's not, you know, scooting around the mansion haunting people, see? <laughs> <laughs> so these themes dominated any form of queer expression during the height of the Hayes Code enforcement. And, ironically, it would be queer expression that helped to bring the downfall of such stringent production regulations. Throughout the 1930s and 40s, the code was very strictly followed. Though there were no legal backings that forced writers and producers to comply with the MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America, there were still real financial consequences for those who bucked the system. The American Theatre Association refused to play any film that did not have the backing of the Hayes Commission. This strong... This strong-armed many groups into conforming to the regulations.
0: However, as the 1950s began, so did a desire for something new and edgy. Television was becoming more popular and networks were not so easily strong-armed by the MPAA since they did not need theaters to air their programs. As movie studios raced to compete with a new form of entertainment, a strong pushback against the Hays Code began to circulate in Hollywood. In 1955, the film The Man with the Golden Arm, starring Frank Sinatra, was released in theaters without approval from the MPAA. The the plot centers around a struggling drug addict and is filled with violence, suicide, affairs, and more. Producers had pushed the book... producers had rushed to book the movie knowing an approval seal was unlikely before it even premiered the man with the golden arm had gained such widespread interest due to the nature of the movie and the high profile star that the mpaa and other moral watchdogs could not stop it from being a huge success the film would be nominated for several awards that year because it was like the first thing they're like oh my god we can get to see a movie that's based on real life and real struggle what
1: yeah, I'm not watching something about a cowboy slaughtering Native Americans. My God, something new. Yeah,
0: exactly. It was
1: just it was just the same thing, and I have watched a lot of movies from this time period. Well, that's so probably what was allowed
0: you. in your church, right? Oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure exactly. that was like the golden era. Like this is your. Clean cut. This is what you should be watching, like in exactly. the box. Exactly,
1: masculine man. He always has a woman, you know, that he falls in love with. He always kills the enemy that inevitably ends up being an indigenous person, a black person, an Asian person, or an effeminate individual. Mm-hmm. Like all the the same thing of like we are the American heroes and we're defeating all of those that are coming in to yeah. take America away from us. Um, but yeah, I mean, but the thing with the Man of the Golden Arm, which is a movie that I've seen, and I would definitely suggest for its time. Period um, is first of all you have Frank Sinatra who's fucking huge right now, and second, again like you said, this is a real struggle. This is the first time that someone's like, "Hey, people are doing drugs," and you know America just wants to be like, "No, I don't say anything." Still, the opioid <laughs> Still, crisis, literally. and we're like, "No, I, what what?" Huh? Um, and like and so it talks about real issues, like you said, and mm-hmm. and then what was really ironic is a film goes on and it wins several awards.
0: I'm sorry if there's a <laughs> the clicking. <million>. <laughs>
1: Anyways, but the film goes on and wins several awards. And you know who's handing out these awards? The Motion Picture Association of America. They're not nominating, but they're handing them out. Mm-hmm. And people are watching this of like, you wouldn't even let this film play. And now you're handing them an award. Don't you think there's something wrong with the system? Right. Um, As public perceptions and standards changed, the Hayes Code began to lose its power. By the end of the 1950s, only one film rule remained. Queer life could not be portrayed outright, and certainly not in a positive light. Yet just before we could reach the sexual revolution of the 60s, one last film of the decade would break the final hold of the code. In 1959, the landmark movie Some Like It Hot, which tells the story of two entertainers who dress in drag in order to escape the mafia, w- premiered. I just literally rewatched this film. Still holds up. Um, the way they handled this. So like this is, again, these are two men dressed in drag and one man falls in love with Marilyn Monroe in this film. You know, he falls in love with Marilyn Monroe, no fucking shit. And, um, and he kisses her while he's in drag, which was pff, huge. The other man, um, sorry, you're gonna say something? No. Nope. Okay. The other man, and he's um, he's being, um, you know, hounded by uh, a suitor. And so he plays Along with it And then They just handle In such a great way For 1959 They don't use homo. I mean there's a little Homophobia That you're mm-hmm. gonna get But they're not They're not using homophobia Like he comes out to him And says look dude I, I'm, I'm actually a guy In a dress And the other guy's like Well you know Nobody can be perfect Like it's just like Like little Like catty things mm-hmm. That like Like you know Hinted at a topic that was off the table before, but also handled in a very good way. So some like it hot. Anyways, um, between the cross-dressing and the mock romance of two men and numerous sexual innuendos, the film shattered the final rule from the Hayes Commission. The public's overwhelming reception of the star-studded movie drove a final nail bearing the production
0: code. And we (laughs) will be right back.
2: Hello, Evan and Paul. My name is ZZ, two letters, and I'm recording this message from up in Canada. It is kind of cold, but (laughs) Um, uh, I am a first-generation immigrant. I immigrated from Nigeria to Canada when I was around nine, I think. Um, I still live with my parents. I am in the closet. And I am a demigirl, which falls under the non-binary umbrella, if someone doesn't know, and bisexual. So, yeah. Um, I would like to say thank you for you guys' work on the podcast. I really love listening to it and tuning in every week. Um, it was, it's been really fun learning about queer history alongside you guys. So, yeah, I'd like, also like to say a thank you to the Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping our two hosts. Anyway, goodbye. Have a nice day.
1: And we are back. So, you know, in the first half, we're talking about the Hayes production code, which really sets up what we're getting into now, which is a little more fun. We're talking, you know, we're going to talk about Disney and the villains. Um, oh my God,
0: Hades. <laughs> we're getting to Hades. That's like the, not, like when I think Disney, <laughs> queer Disney villain, that like is the number one image that pops in you my think head.
1: That might be peak. That might be peak. The genie mm-hmm. is also the genie, pretty, But he's not uh, a villain though.
0: Jafar is. Oh yeah, yeah. Jafar is 100 exactly. yeah. a yeah. flamer.
1: Yeah. Oh, to, absolutely. But I think I do think Hades has it over him. I don't. Oh, I don't know if one. Let's, right now, listeners. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> your response? Send us in. You Tell us, can us even who you think the queer's villain
0: is. Tweet us, send us in a voice message. That would be really fun. You know, a couple <laughs> voice messages of people saying, I think this villain's the most queer and this is why. I would love that.
1: I'm going to run a poll on Twitter and Facebook right the day before this and, and put like four people that mm-hmm. I think would be top. I yeah. Mean, you've got Ursula you've got Butch um, lesbian
0: oh, yeah. we're <laughs> talk, I, I
1: don't want to spoil anything so we're gonna get into some things but so yeah so we're talking about the hayes production code and how that that gave us and then in 1959 it finally is released and it just slowly f- faded away but here we are and we're entering a new era in, in hollywood but it's already been so shaped by this right homophobia. and that's all
0: they've known for 30 years at this exactly point. 30 years
1: So, however, it would be decades before openly queer characters were portrayed on film or TV and the effects of 30 years of queer coding were now entrenched deep into Hollywood traditions, with the most consistent use coming from children's movies, specifically the world-renowned Disney films. When he wasn't putting incredibly racist and anti-Semitic in in his movies, old Walt was quick to catch on to the power of queer coding. (laughs) I mean, he gave us Disney World, but geez, he was wow, a
0: prick. He was, yeah.
1: Uh, Some of the earliest depictions date back to Cinderella in 1950 with the king and his adoring yet bumbling assistant. Alice in Wonderland followed the next year with several queerish characters from the Cheshire Cat to the Queen of Hearts. Mm -hmm. The Mad Hatter, too. Oh, yes, yeah. I think everything about Alice in Wonderland. It was just one
0: big. Alice in Wonderland is one of my favorite movies just because it's so queer, Mm -hmm. undertoned, and so colorful. It's just such a weird world. Like the world of that Alice goes to Wonderland is like. I would love to visit Wonderland. It just is so crazy. I would be
1: terrified. though <laughs> You would be you terrified. Yeah, I, what, I would are you be like, fucking no. kidding? as a kid. That movie's terrified. You didn't
0: me. no. I'd just be smoking. A, I'd be like smoking a blunt, walking through. I'd be like, "What's up?" <laughs> And yeah I'd probably oh have god. a really freaky time I would just be sitting with the flowers talking to the flowers <laughs> But then they'd be mad because I wasn't A flower I don't know oh god
1: uh, No I see the thing and we'll find This theme again and again like it's This idea the few times where you see it Because Alice in Wonderland I mean those people Other than the Queen of Hearts who is a, Clearly a villain but like most of those People aren't really villains they just exist In that world yeah. and they'll do that Like we can have this but it has to be in another World it has to be different you have to be foreign And in that case we can be Okay with you As long as we recognize That you're not like You're not an American Exactly Literally Uh, Right But the prototype Of the queer villain Would reach completion With the premiere Of Captain Hook In the 1953 adaptation Of Peter Pan The evil pirate Swishes and sways With his long black hair And again Is assisted by A side click and Side. again, is assisted by a sidekick clearly in love with him. I mean, tell me that's not a couple. First of all, you're pirates. We all know what pirates are <laughs> you're doing You're out at sea for this
0: whole time. Like, come on, right? Come on. He sleeps
1: Doesn't he sleep in the same room as him too? I, don't I forget I his name. Seen it in so I'm long. pretty sure the assistant sleeps in the same room. Or there's like an image of them like sleeping. I think the they have beds his... near each other. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> because of the clock. Yes, exactly. Because he knows scene. about yeah. the clock.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Come on. And just everything about Hook. So Hook, even though he wouldn't be Hades level, he was the completion of this idea of like, here's how a villain looks. Mm-hmm. They are effeminate and they're evil and they almost always have a sidekick or someone who's who's in love with them, who's also a bachelor who just is there to be with them and help them. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what became the prototype for yep. the villain.
0: And while Hook may have been considered edgy for his time, when the Hayes Code lifted, the flamboyance of evil villains skyrocketed. Prince John in 1973's Robin Hood oozes with queerness along with the subtle messages that his mother's favoritism towards his brother Richard made him this way. He also has a devoted follower who lives to serve his master. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> Radigan, I'm, Sorry,
1: I was watching clips of Prince John and it's just... Again, his love for jewelry, the way he talks, mm-hmm. and and all, and and he does talk a lot about his mother and about how if she just loved him, he, you know,
0: he, I wouldn't be this way. <laughs> exactly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't be, be like way. it. And then that's like that could kind of portray why some mothers are like how did I fail my son well I don't go, well, understand. that
1: goes all the way back to Freud who Freud was saying you know because mothers d- fail their son that's why their sons are gay like, mm-hmm. so that plays into that idea that was already there for a good 50 years mm-hmm. of that mothers are the reason that their sons are gay if they reject their sons hey
0: here's a news break. sometimes you're just fucking born this way and you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like and that's part of being a human and you're right. allowed to like what you like and not like what you don't like
1: I mean your mother is incredibly accepting and uh, here you are
0: you know what I recently <laughs> <laughs> found out what they went to your church.
1: My your mom went to my yeah. church,
0: um, but with um, her mom, but they stopped going once they introduced the skirts.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, she said she oh, went wow. to
0: Hiles Anderson, I think, or she was gonna go to I don't know, she so, was
1: gonna go to Hiles Anderson, your mom, yes, oh and I was God. like
0: thank you for getting out of that because who knows where I would, I'd be fucked up today. <laughs> me, and you,
2: me and you are
1: together in there. No way. We would be uh, married today. We would be. <laughs> and we would be reasons. in a very unhappy marriage. <laughs> we would just be hating everything, secretly cheating on each other and yep. thinking the other didn't know.
0: Yeah. But I was like, my, I was actually, my mind was pretty blown. I was really? like, wow.
1: I mean, I, to be honest, I'm not that surprised only because our it church saturated that area. Yeah. Like it was very hard not to know about our mm-hmm. church in one way or another.
0: And then my grandma, I, I, I think my grandma is a she. Once told me, well, actually, the first time she met David, we were talking about her sister's that she doesn't really talk to his husband. And she said when she die, when he dies, that she's going to pull her fat ass out and piss on his grave. So <laughs> my my grandma is a very sassy southern woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure once they were like, you're going to have to wear a skirt, sweetie. She was like, <laughs> uh, fuck you. She's Like, I'm out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so good for her. Yeah. I think that's where I get a lot of my lack of uh, appreciation for authority from my grandma. <laughs> she's like, I don't give a fuck. Nice. Nice. Anyways, Radigan in The Great Mouse Detective is a bachelor with po- with posh language who loves beautiful clothes. Lafou, the doting special friend of Gaston, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. And, of course, we can't forget Scar from The Lion King. He was... Yes. Scar, I forgot how homo homo erotic, erotic uh, yeah, he was that, yes that, all
1: those those homo undertones <laughs> yes homo
0: undertones Jafar from Aladdin with his thousands of rings and his <laughs> oh yes uh or Ratcliffe from Pocahontas on and on the list goes even the fantastical crab Tamatoa right
1: Tamateo ta- ta- Tomateo. I, I have no idea. Okay, so, so this, um, would <laughs> <laughs> this would be a great six-year-old, please call in and correct us. This would be a great
0: voicemail. Tomateo from the recent Mo- Moana. Has, Moana. I, don't, I know that one. Has quite a bit of queer feeling to his character.
1: So I th- what's really sad about this is that I watched Moana about 5,000 times because I once traveled across country with my sister and Samantha and um, our nieces. And at that time, Piper was just only moana Mm -hmm. and so i I, i've watched this a thousand times could not remember the name of that freaking crab so i put it in there but i did not remember how they say the name but if you do watch it the crab is is, again very queer and this was 2016
0: so Uh, so another funny thing i just want to interject real quick while there's millions of people walking (laughs) apparently you have like eight people living here (laughs) um david i was listening to another podcast and i came down and i said something about some uh, about how they did something and he's like well they research and they know how to pronounce the people's names Ooh, I and i was and i was like no they don't it was my favorite murder and they're constant oh it was about uh, they said something they were talking about Massachusetts and they were like yeah we had we had to look up something in Peabody Massachusetts and then she's like and i know some asshole's is going to uh, tweet us and say it's called it's pronounced Peabody or something like that <laughs> because it's fucking Massachusetts and they don't like to pronounce their letters and i was telling him I'm like it was funny how they actually said it correctly when they just removed a few letters Uh he's like she was just baiting she knew how to pronounce it and I was like no they don't know how to a lot of podcasters don't actually know how to pronounce things (laughs) that's what people don't understand (laughs) it's not that
1: you don't know how to pronounce things it's just you come across a lot of like names and and even if you go to YouTube first of all I had to listen to like 10 different names and then try to remember them and then when you even when you go there, you'll still find three different ways that it's pronounced. Yeah. In your, you know. And then
0: you're like, well, who do I assume is the right <laughs> one?
1: Right. So, but it doesn't matter because this crab is not a real thing. So <laughs> it matters. If I if I say tomato, queer or crab, tomato, representation matters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> queer
1: crab representation. Thank you. All right. And if you're wondering if Disney at least drops the psycho lesbian trope, then perhaps we can remind you of Maleficent from 1959 Sleeping Beauty. Or the notorious Cruella de Vil from 101 Mm -hmm. Dalmatians, or Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. Maybe the most loved and celebrated so-called psycho lesbian of all times is the Little Mermaid's deep sea witch Ursula, who was literally based on the drag queen divine and very much challenges the binary lines of gender while also sending hard lesbian undertones. The gender-defiant characters didn't stop with the sea witch. Plenty of controversy has surrounded the gender identity of fan-favorite Hades from Hercules. As has the debate on the standout character from the earlier film Aladdin, which portrayed the ever-morphing and androgynous genie. After all, it wouldn't make sense that these otherworldly characters would not and could not fit into the gender binary that our society currently operates under. So I actually did not know that Ursula was based off of the drag queen divine.
0: Mm -hmm. I like didn't know. And then I learned years ago and it kind of just like went into the back of my mind, I guess, because I forget. Like, I don't know. It just didn't register fully, I guess. Yeah. I didn't appreciate it, I suppose.
1: I feel like that's queer coding at its height. Like you literally designed a character
0: you designed a female villain based on a male drag queen. Exactly. Performer. One
1: queer, queer character on another queer character. And then, and but still couldn't be like, there's nothing queer here. Nope. <laughs> maybe nope. there is. Maybe there isn't. Who nope. knows? There's no
0: queer coding. This is totally <laughs> just, she's a sea witch. And that's just how sea witches are. Don't you know? Every sea Haven't witch. Haven't you seen a sea witch? I've seen a sea witch. I've seen plenty of sea witches. And they're all based on very queer drag queens. But they, no. Yes, their straight characters just portrayed in this way. That's Absolutely,
1: up, um, I'm also going to throw out that the Little Mermaid is the creepiest of all the Disney movies, and I don't know, you know why it it's so really popular.
0: Is pretty bizarre.
1: <laughs> there, there is not only is the Little Mermaid creepy. Oh my god, Stewie is going off today. He hasn't barked like this since I don't know since we were <laughs> recording upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, the Little Mermaid. Not only does it is it creepy. Because she's just stalking the hell out of this guy, Mm -hmm. but it's also such a bad message because she literally gives away her voice so that she can be with a man
0: and her entire undersea family and existence. Exactly,
1: everything about she gives up her entire life to be with this guy that she doesn't even know.
0: If that's not an actual queer, that's (laughs) she. The prince who does she marry? Prince Henry? Prince Prince Eric? Prince Eric? Yeah should have been a woman because that's literally what it's like being
1: well, that there, in that case, I'd be fine. I'd be like, okay, I get it. You want yeah. to be with Erica and your family won't accept you. All right. Yeah, but that's what that's I mean. not like, what it That is. would
0: be an, a, a complete fulfilling story and I could understand it. Yeah. But she's literally just like, no, I'm going to go live on the land with this man who I know absolutely nothing about. I saw this
1: about. guy in a boat once and I was just like, I've got to have him. And <laughs> dude, what do I have to give up? Because I'm going to do it.
0: <laughs> I love the song that Ursula sings. She's like, what do men love? Not your voice. And I'm like, oh, I know what men love. <laughs> you don't need a voice for that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you still got those lips, that's what <laughs> <all you need. laughs>
1: And she does have lips. Lips for days. Yep. So, yeah. And all those tentacles, there's a lot going on for Ursula oh, there. Oh, yeah. There's a some, lot. Uh, some Japanese
0: hentai type stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ursula has got... She's got some babes in the wings. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, it is important to remember that all of these labels and identities are alluded to and never clearly stated... Um, stereotypes and character traits that had been forcibly framed around every queer person though many writers and actors throughout the years have admitted to intentionally painting their characters in a queer way even without the intention uh, even without the intention we still see recurring themes effeminate flamboyant men and strong single women are fundamentally bad they can be celebrated for their villainous and extravagant ways as long as we implicitly maintain that there is something wrong with them Conversely, transgender people can exist, but they must be alien and foreign and certainly not normal. Even with the resilient nature of LGBT people uh, to adopt that which should be rejected, the foundational truths of this is bad or you are bad still sinks down to the very depths of our being and self-perception. Because that's all we ever saw. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't teach children from a, from their earliest age that if you act this way, you are a bad person, even if the child loves that person. I mean, you love Hades, you love Ursula, but you, she's still the bad person. Right. She's still breaking rules. She's still... Hurting people. Exactly. And then as a, a child, you you grow up and believe, well, I guess that's who I am mm-hmm. because that's how I act. So I must be bad.
0: That's you know cool. what series I recently started watching on Netflix? It's called Magicians um and it's got four seasons out right now it is basically no character in it is straight okay <laughs> and I swear like they've all had they've had like gay orgies they've had like straight orgies they've had bisexual orgies like everybody has just slept with everybody and there's never there's never like um an undertone of like this is wrong or this is bad like they all are just very free and they're very expressive and they're like if they want to sleep with this person, they just sleep with them. They're not—it's not bad in their society, and they're all, um, all different races and like you know, there's interracial scenes and like everything is just so inclusive. There's a episode where half of the episode is in silence. There's no sound, and they're doing sign language, and it has the the English subtitles underneath. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just so representative, and it's yeah, it's not the greatest show it's kind of one of those shows that's like a little bit bad but you like the story and you kind of like the scenes and the character so you still watch it and it's i think extremely groundbreaking i would 150 percent recommend it to anybody
1: is it from the sci-fi network
0: maybe that's i think that's it i'm
1: gonna tell you the sci-fi network they deserve a whole episode because they have been hard representing the lgbtq mm-hmm. community for a long time it is
0: really really cool and like uh I want to say something, but it's a big spoiler in like the third season, so don't I'm, not say say, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, I'm not gonna want to do it. But it is. It, don't watch it with your kids. <laughs> um, it's not a kid friendly thing, but yeah. it's like they don't actually show like ass or dick or you know anything yeah. like that. But you, there's sex going on, and it would just probably be uncomfortable to watch with children. But it it was really. I was like, wow, okay, this is like if I had this as a teenager, I would have been. It would have changed my life in so many ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing about film, like, it is, like, it's so representative, and we do get so much from it, and we've, we've talked about that in a couple different episodes, and it's frustrating when you have to constantly see, especially in children's movies, where it either, where you just, they just, I don't know why they can't just come out. Like, I'm still going to be bitter about Frozen 2, I'm always going to be bitter about Frozen 2, because they spent years... Queer baiting us and telling us that Elsa's gay and oh wow, you wait until it's gonna be groundbreaking. Wait until you see what happens and nothing fucking happened. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just come out in goddamn 2019 and tell folks that this girl who doesn't want to marry anyone is, is gay or, or anything. Like mm-hmm. you didn't, you couldn't even allude to why she doesn't want these things. Like it's very frustrating, you know. And mm-hmm. it's led by by a lot of people who are either queer themselves or are huge. Allies of queer people. So, what? Who's the fuck is standing in the way of that? Right. You know, and that's why it was a shit movie. <laughs> and that's I never watched it. Frozen that. Two. I loved Frozen One, and I was so excited for Frozen Two, and it really was a disappointing movie. It really was, but it was more disappointing because they wouldn't come out. Yeah. Um, and the only saving grace was that Saturday Night Live did a whole sketch <laughs> on how ridiculous it was that they didn't let Elsa mm-hmm. come out. Um. But yeah. But again, going back to like. You know, you can't give these perceptions to children over and over and not expect them to walk away and think that there's something fundamentally flawed with them. Mm-hmm. You can't make every villain effeminate and have a little boy that loves to twirl around think there's not something wrong with right.
0: him. Right. Oh, one more thing for Magicians, yes. just because I remembered. Oh, please. Tell the, us one, one of about the magicians. main characters, I can't call him gay because he slept with both men and women. One of, he's probably pan... I would say that all of their characters are pansexual. Okay. Because they all just do what they want. Okay. But he actually, there's one of these scenes where there, he, the one of the other main characters is talking to him. You're like, you're so cool. You're so, like, proud and this and that of, like, who you are. And he's like, listen, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I was born in Indiana. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, mind blown. Wow. And I was like, this is the representation that if I had seen this as a teen, I would have... It would have changed my life. Yeah. It would have really led me down a different path, I think. Not that I'm completely upset with the path I took, but just yeah. seeing that at an earlier age and knowing that there was nothing really that off about me would have been, like, eye-opening.
1: Are, are we just more aware of Indiana because we're from it? Or are people genuinely just hating on it a lot lately? Or, like, or referring to it constantly when they're no, talking about... No, because it is so bad. That's where Mike, Mike
0: Pence tried to start The Handmaid's Tale in Indiana. Oh, yeah. Well, we know. So, like, yeah. that's, like, why Indiana is just... And, and I went back there recently And it's just so I can't do it Like Yeah I can't mm. It's so hateful Same I know And it's sad
1: But if you are stuck in Indiana We're here for you And mm-hmm. and th- you can find your bubbles And your spaces And there is home And there's a thing about home And feeling at home And if we w- had to be in Indiana I'm sure we would You know we'd make it work Oh we would but make it, it work it would be different Yes It would be So while we're focusing, going back to the script, (laughs) while we're focusing on Disney due to its strong influence on children over the last 80 years, these same queer themes are found in plenty of adult rated films from James Bond, evil masterminds to the many villains of the DC comic world, really specifically DC, like Marvel Mm -hmm. doesn't play into that as much, but DC uh, definitely. Again and again the same tired trope plays out, only today there's a the new pairing of queer coding with queer baiting. In our new supposedly enlightened era, producers and actors have no problem alluding to the fact that their character is queer, and actually will quite often come right out and say that their character is gay or transgender or whatever. Unfortunately, though, these tactics draw large LGBTQ followings and they almost never are played out on the big screen. Instead, queer viewers continue to be left reading between the lines, catching glimpses of ourselves and our culture portrayed as the subliminal messages go over the heads of the rest of the audience. We're always just like, the uh, the inside joke, and you yeah. know, and that's kind of to be honest, it's old now. Mm-hmm. It was okay for a little while, but it's old.
0: Yeah, for a little while it was like, hey, they're at least putting it in movies, you know, yeah. at least there's something we can look at, something. And now we're but like, come the fuck on, it's like 2020, Jesus Christ.
1: I mean, come on, we had a man, a gay man, run for president, and you can't fucking talk about it in your goddamn Disney show. Mm-hmm. I'm coming for you, Frozen Two. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Somehow, in 100 years of talking movies, most queer characters are still confined to silence when it comes to their identity. Uh, One queer character that I was thinking of, and even in the ones where they do say it, because a a perfectly, not a perfect example, but a different example is South Park. They did their character, Satan, who was openly gay, but he was literally Satan. So again, even in the few times where they do come right out, it's almost always still Mm -hmm. in a villain role.
0: And you know what? You don't need to go over the top and be extra. You know what show does a really good uh, job of queer representation? Sabrina. Oh, yeah. The new Sabrina, have you seen it? I've only watched like one or two. There is a uh, transgender character on there who is one of the main characters and like it's perfectly done. Like it's not over the top. They're not walking down the hallway with like a trans flag (laughs) on the back being crazy. Like just, hey, this main character is transgender. Um, They have a love story and they're just a regular person. Yeah, You don't got to go. There's no special doing anything. Just, hey. I don't go by this name now, I go by this name. Okay, cool. Everybody starts calling him that name and Mm -hmm. they just go on with the story. That's it.
1: Well that's, well, that's like you said right before we started the episode where it's like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we see queer people like everyone else. Well, everyone else is getting love stories and everyone mm-hmm. else is having their story told. And so when your queer person is in your script, but they're sidelined and you don't ever have show any love or you j- you jump, you know? You know why Shit's Creek was such a, a huge revolution for people? It was because Shit's Creek showed two men falling in love. And normally you get people talking about love and then you get people that are in this like eight year relationship and we just jump ahead and they're already settled down. Right. But you don't get to see queer people fall in love and that is crucial.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have any guidelines. You don't have mm-hmm. any. You don't see yourself in that light. Yeah. Um. So if you want to watch a holiday movie this year that does not hide their queer characters then your recommended resources are some of our own favorite movies. The Family Stone available on Hulu Premiere and Les Bomb which is free on Tubi you can also check out netflix's new movie let it snow or if you've got the funds order the new film happiest season starring kristen stewart and Aub- Aubrey plaza
1: somehow i get a kristen stewart m- movie every year you there's do. a new one that comes out and- you're obsessed <laughs> I, I, you're that
0: you're, you're the creepy person stalking. <laughs> jesus you're the creepy person stalking kristen, kristen stewart i'm Hallmark. not
1: stalking kristen stewart i don't want to like kristen stewart as much as i do it just is <laughs> And
0: if you want to know more about the haze coding and queer coding in Hollywood, then check out the celluloid celluloid closet available on Voodoo and Amazon Prime for three dollars or try Disclosure on Netflix. And above all, we all hope your we hope your holiday season will be as queer and as open as possible. Um, and quick note at the end of this episode, I'm updating our website. It's going to be really, it's taking it to the next level fully. Um, and I'm just saying this because on the script for this episode, I'll include a few short, uh, clips of a couple of the things we talked about today mm-hmm. like i'll put a little clip for magicians on there and like a couple other things just for people to get a quick glimpse and a preview of
1: yeah our new platform is just allowing for a lot more freedoms <laughs> it's and way so, easier yeah it's easier and it's, it's just it's allowing just for us to do so much more and that is because of our patreon so thank yes. you again patreons we hope you especially have a happy thanksgiving mm-hmm. and um and yeah um who says it first? Yeah, me, because if you say it first, it's going to be all messed <laughs> up. That's the whole thing. <laughs>
0: so stay queer.
1: Ha, don't get lobotomy.
0: We love you, our little allied hookers. And our succulent sapphits. Resist the oppressors, our proud homocrats.
1: And have yourself a sodomy circus that is full of lesbian undertones. And
2: holiday cheer.
0: Or don't.
1: And, and Black, Black
2: Lives, Lives Matter. Matter.
1: Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Story.
0: Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory.
1: And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash
0: yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.